Magandang hapon po ulit sa inyong lahat. Thank you for bearing with us. And uh, first, we want to thank you for uh, braving the cold and, and braving the, the outside world to come and worship with us today. We expect that we will be not so many today, but nonetheless, we thank you for, for attending and joining us in our worship today. And again, bear with us with the precautionary measures that we have implemented uh, and some changes in the liturgy as part, of, uh, as part and our help uh, combating um, the spread of the virus. We owe it to this nation as responsible Christian believers uh, so that uh, we can help uh, this country, this nation, and our community uh, in our combat against COVID-19. So I hope you understand and you will bear with us. And I hope you're also comfortable with the new uh, changes that we have implemented. Um, we will resume regular programming once everything uh, is over. But meanwhile, please do bear with us. And we want to thank you, thank you for being with us today. But I would like to uh, greet and thank for those people who are on FB Live today. You can't be seen because we don't have that much technology. But those who are now on FB Live, on, uh, on stream, and you are watching with us today, we welcome you virtually. And I hope and pray that uh, you will be able to worship uh, with us, albeit your uh, on another space, uh, thanks to technology. So we welcome you. Salamat po. Pusuan nyo na lang kami if you think, uh, uh, so that we can somehow see you also here. And so thank you. Thank you for coming uh, alongside us during this time. Um, before we go, let's have a few announcements. And again, Many of these might get uh, canceled or postponed, but there are a few things that uh, we wanted to uh, highlight. Um, the School of Leaders will still start on the 1st of March, so please sign up at iConnect. Uh, the next would be our annual general meeting, which will happen on the 1st of March. Uh, we know that some of you might not be able to come, so next week we will be distributing the proxy forms, and we will explain to you how to use it in any case that you won't be able to attend the annual general meeting. Uh, we will also have the leaders' workshop, but we will let you know whether we're pursuing with this or not in light of our um, spreading out and, you know, uh, postponing uh, services or gathering of more than 10 people. We'll go back to this later. And also the women's encounter, we will let you know. Uh, the preparations are underway, but please uh, stay tuned with us as we give uh, updates on these events. And of course, the leadership training also in another time in March. So before we uh, proceed, to our sermon today, and uh, you know it's all about the diligent Christians. Last week, Pastor Well delivered to us a very beautiful message, a very poignant message uh, on Acts 3. And he presented to us three principles, if you could remember. So I'll just probably refresh your memory on that. First is that uh, using the narrative of Acts 3 about the lame man, he presented to us First, human helplessness or man's 
helplessness and depravity and our God's call to us to respond in faith. And in whatever circumstance we are in, uh, God is asking us to testify for His glory. So these three basic principles. And of course, He also challenged us on few hashtags. One of the hashtags, if you could remember, would be hashtag struggle is real and indeed it is true the struggle is real and uh, another hashtag which would probably be more apt for us today would be god is more real and he can save and heal so use that hashtag always and every day of your life because that is true but of course before we go to our sermon there couldn't be a time where God is real other than this time. Uh, we're in the midst of uh, everything, uh, but we believe that God is real and He is with us. So today, um, we will visit Berea, and by visiting this city and examining what's inside them, we hope we could learn from the Bereans. And I think you already know what Bereans um, is all about. These people are diligent seekers of the Word of God. And so by revisiting this story, I hope we could learn something from them. So I entitled this sermon, The Diligent Christians, or The Diligent Christians, The Noble Character of the Bereans. So at this juncture, may I ask the congregation to please stand as a reverence to the Word of God as we read the 15th chapter of the book of Acts, verses 10 to 15. And I'll be reading from the ESV version. Let us all read. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. May the Lord be worshipped and be praised by the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, our Lord, our sovereign God, we thank you for today. Open our hearts, illumine our souls as we search, study your word. Speak to us today, encourage us, challenge us, rebuke us. All this we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let us all be seated. Pakisagot po yung nag-text. Whenever we hear the word and the city, Berea, of course, it brings us to this very thought. Because we already know that Bereans are diligent 
seekers of the word of God. But before I go there, let me just probably uh, bring you where Berea is. And Berea, which is now called Veria in modern day Greece, is actually an out of town city during the Roman Empire. And I'm showing you now the map of Paul's second missionary journey uh, between 49 and 52 AD. And as you know, Berea is actually out of way, um, considering the bigger cities uh, neighboring Berea. Of course, you have a larger city, the Thessalonica, and of course, further down south would be the capital of Greece, which is Athens. So indeed, Berea or Berea is actually an out-of-way city, and that is true. But while I may say that Berea or Berea is an out-of-way city, it definitely, Bereans definitely are never out of way from truth. In fact, they're very near it, and we will discover why. We would know why these Bereans are worth imitating and their character worth imbibing in our lives. And I'll start from verse 11. The Bible tells us in verse 11, Acts 17, it says, they were more noble than those from Thessalonica. The writer of the book of Acts is very kind to these Thessalonians, or the very few Jews in Thessalonians, because he described Bereans as just less noble. But you already know that they were not just so because they were rubble rousers and they caused agitation and they even stirred up the crowd and even put Paul into trouble. But they were more noble than those from Thessalonica because, verse 11, they received the word with readiness and they search the scriptures daily to verify the truth now earlier in chapter 17 of the book of acts ano ba itong sinasabi ni apostol pablo bakit kinakailangan i-examine why is there a need for bereans to examine and verify the truth why what is this message that Paul is talking about that is worth examining, that is worth considering? Let us look at Acts 17 verses uh, 2. And Paul went in as his was custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. You know, Apostle Paul is a very gospel man. The reason why he is explaining, arguing, and teaching in the synagogue, because he was explaining to them the necessity of the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Because that is Paul's central theology. Fundamental core of Paulinian theology, and you can find that in every epistle that he wrote, you would always see this death and resurrection of Jesus Christ death and resurrection of Jesus Christ from Romans, Galatians, Ephesians all of Paul's epistles 
he would never fail to talk about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's very interested in the gospel. With the exception of one book where he did not discuss Paul, uh, death and resurrection of Jesus, and that is in the book of Philemon. But that is a message for another time. Hindi ngayon. Susunod, mag-abang kayo. Pero not now. But in all of his epistles, the core of his theology is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is what he is preaching, and that is what he preached in Thessalonica. Of course, we know the story. Many of the Jews there did not accept the message because they were afraid, they were jealous, and they were, of course, more interested in their spiritual zealousness, in their spiritual order, than the divine truth. So they banished and they, again, rubber-roused the crowd, agitated the crowd, and of course, what happened was Paul was sent away. And then he went to Berea. But the Bereans responded differently in receiving the word of God. Why are they different? Very clear. They receive the word with readiness. So I'm asking this question to you. Before you came to this church, how ready are you to receive the word of God? How ready are you? May dalaba kayong Bible to verify the words that I will be telling here? Because the reason why they were noble, because they received the word with readiness. How do you prepare coming to church to receive the word of God? Now you can hear and you would anticipate what we're going to preach because it's based on our uh, lectionary readings. You can anticipate that. But the problem is, are we reading it? If I say something here that is not doctrinally sound, or if I say something here that is not right, would you say no to me? Yan ang problema natin. All of the churches were trained to say amen, but they were not trained to say you're wrong. Because, ang sabi nito sa 17, uh, let's read, 17, uh, Acts 17, 10. Now these Jews were noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with eagerness, examining the scriptures monthly. Oh, hindi kayo nakibo. Sabihin nyo sa akin, wrong! Yan, nahihiya kayo. Sabihin nyo, pag may preacher dito na mali, sabihin nyo, you're wrong! Examining the scriptures monthly. Say wrong! Be, be convicted about that. Say you're Wrong! Wrong! Gusto ko, sabi ko kay Pastor Robert, alam mo, bro, ang gusto ko sana, piling ko sa Panginoon, lahat tayo dito sa Living Word will be Berean Christians. We will never just say amen to you. If we did not find it in the Scripture, we'll say, you're wrong! Tinitrain kayo mag-amen, but you're not taught to say, no, you're wrong. We should say, you're wrong. Oh, simula ngayon, ah, you're, no, you're wrong. Examining the Scripture monthly. Say wrong. Ay, sige, practice. Studying the scriptures monthly. Oh, ano ang sabi? Daily. Oh, isa lang yan, sample. Titignan ko. Susubukan ko kayo mamaya. Yan, ang problema natin. They were studying the scriptures daily to verify the truth. 
the Bereans were interested to know the truth. As Christians, are we interested to know the truth? The reason why they're interested to know the truth and they want to examine it, they want to uh, verify it, it's because they believe to an absolute truth. For them, truth is not relative, it's not subjective, it's an absolute truth. And if it's an absolute truth, I need to verify it. I need to examine it because that's an absolute truth. If you're giving me something that is absolute, I need to verify it. I need to examine it. Amen or no amen? amen. Oh. Tingnan nyo kayo. Huwag kayong basta mag-amen kung hindi kayo naniniwala sa nasabi ko. Pag sinabi ng pastor, amen po ba? Hindi kayo naniniwala. Huwag kayong mag-amen. Ito challenge ko kayo. Simula ngayon. Let's be Bereans. Hindi pa porque sinabi ng pastor, amen. Mag-amen kayo. If you really believe that that is not scriptural, don't say amen. Please. 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 Tama mali? Oh. Yeah. Amen ng amen. Di naman naiintindihan. The reason why they're interested is that Christians are interested in truth. As Christians, truth should matter to us. Nakalive lang ako, may babanatan sana ako eh. <laughs> because why this truth is important? You know, what happened to Berea is one great example. Because as they receive the word of God with readiness, as they search the truth daily, and as they verify the truth, this resulted to conversion of many people in Berea. Converts were not just ordinary men and women. Converts was, were people of high standing. Because as you know, during that time, they were slavery and all so many servants. It just gives us a hint on how the word of God that is being verified, examined in Berea, it gives us a hint how the word of God trickled down to the entire community of Berea. Why? Because the people there are interested in truth. They examined it. Hindi porke sinabi dito, nireinterpret ko, amen kayo ng amen. Huwag ganun mga kapatid. Huwag ganun mga bes. Examine it. Be Bereans. Huwag kayo magpadala. Amen po ba? Amen. Hindi naman kayo naniniwala doon. Mali nga yung sinabi. Lahat kayo pagpapalayan ng Panginoon kahit anong gawin ninyong mga kasalanan. Amen. Sabi niyo, no, amen. No, you're wrong. Sabi niyo, you're wrong. Pagpapalaan kayo ng Panginoon, kahit suwayin ninyo ang Diyos. Sumigaw kayo. Wrong. Ay, tinatrain ko na. Ha. I'm warning those people who want to preach at this pulpit. Dapat ganun tayo. I'm saying that, my dear brothers and sisters. I'm making it very lightly to you. Because Christians should have that interest, utmost interest in God's truth. You know, the diligence of the Bereans as they examine, studied, and verified the truth is actually an attitude of seeking the Word of God diligently. That attitude. You know, this 
diligence shows so many things. It reveals to us at, le at least two axioms or two principles, and I would like to offer them to you today. First is that this diligence and attitude of diligence seeking the truth resulted to, number one, this found mercy in God's sight that led to conversion. You know, it's not the worship singing that led them to Christ and for them to believe the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gospel. It is not the building or the singing would be a crucial part or the building would usher us properly as we worship God. These are things are important in some way or another. But these are not the things that convinced them and led them to be converted. It's their diligence. And that diligence found mercy in God's sight that led to their conversion. Naawa ang Diyos sa kanila. Because they diligently sought the word of God. And of course, while it is true with this action one, that the attitude of diligently seeking God's truth would, would find mercy in God's sight that would lead to many of our conversions, there's also truth number two. And this is true as we read verse 13. That every time we pursue God's truth, it will always be opposed. The pursuit of God's word or God's truth will always find opposition. We find that in verse 13. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed, the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they, they came there to agitating and stirring up the crowd. So here we see an example that whenever you pursue truth, you will always get opposed. First, by the enemy. The enemy will do everything and anything for you not to discover the truth. Why? Because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Very good. Brilliance. The truth will set you free. Sometimes it's not the enemy that is opposing us. Our sin, ourselves. Sabi ng kaaway, sandali lang, hindi nga ako makalapit sa inyo eh, kasi kristyano kayo eh. I could not even come near you because you were Christians, you are Christians. Anong biniblame-blame mo sa akin? Ikaw dyan na nga antok-antok eh. Anong pangalawang kalaban? Even ourselves, even our sinfulness is a barrier. It's an opposition for us to know the truth as we pursue God's truth. Pag nagbabasa kayo ng Biblia, very simple. Alam kong itong magandang pampaantok dahil pag binasa ninyo, nakakatulog talaga kayo. Matindi pa ito kaysa sa sleeping pill. Pero that's an opposition, isn't it? Very simple. I say the word opposition and I'm using the word opposition because let me just offer you three Barriers, among other things. There are so many barriers to truth. But let me just offer you these things because it will always be opposed. So let me just present to you three things because we don't have time. What are the barriers to truth? And most of the time, we are guilty of this. And let me just rebuke you on these three things. Among many things that I will rebuke you today. First is fanaticism. Fanaticism is vigorously, assiduously believing a thing or a person or a concept 
with an unreasonable zeal. Even that belief would define common logic. You believe everything that the person will say wholesale. Kasi sinabi niya lang because this person, this preacher, this guru, whoever, is a very known preacher, teacher, whatever. And you wholesale believe what this person will say without examining the scriptures because simply you are a fanatic. Ang daming ganyan. Sabi nga ni Pastor Ruel, sabi ni Brother Ray, ganito daw. Wala naman sa Bible. Akong naroon sa Bible, twisted. Especially during this time. Especially during this time. Fanaticism. Fanaticism would lead us to wrong conclusions. Fanaticism would lead us to absurdity. Wag kayong maging fanatic ko, fanatic ni Pastor Ruel, ni Pastor Jerry. No, you shouldn't be. You ought not to be fanatics. You should be diligent seekers of the Word of God. Walang iba. Basa-basa ng pag may time, mga bes. The Bible is not on Facebook. Wag kayong mag-depend. Marami pa nga mali eh. Read it, read it. You will understand it. The Holy Spirit will illumine your hearts. Read the truth. Be interested in the truth. That's one, fanaticism. Next is gullibility. From the word gullible, you can get easily swayed by people because you don't know, because you don't care to know, you're lazy to know, and you're not interested knowing it. Kung ano na lang sabihin, sige na lang. Kasi you don't want to have the discipline of searching the truth. Kaya ka naging gullible. You're easily swayed. That's dangerous. Just, I will just contextualize it what's happening. Sinabi na namin, huwag kayong magbibigay ng mga unverified information just because your komare or your care groups or whatever or conspiracy theories about this COVID-19. We said there are official channels where we will get our information. Kayo, may sinabi lang si Marinho, po-forward ko sa inyo ito mga just mag-ingat kayo dyan ha. Gullibility. Now, does it help you? No. You just created and contributed to the panic. Only to find out they were fake news. Is that very Christian? Is that being responsible Christian? Yung bay makadios? Yes or no? No. Chismis yun eh. Pagdudahan yung panggobyano. No. It doesn't help you. It's not the truth. Christian should be seekers of the truth, not peddlers of fake news. Maging mabusisi para sa katotohanan. Hindi sa kasidungalingan, fake news, chismis, at mga kung ano ng video, ang dami kong nareceive this week. Ayoko tuloy pumunta ng laki plaza. Please, we've said that. And we're reminding you, my dear brothers and sisters, don't spread rumors. 
Don't be gullible. Know the truth. Another is pride. We've read this in 17. The reason why these people, the few Jewish Thessalonians, because they were envious. They are jealous. Why would these people know the truth? Bakit si Apostle Pablo may alam ng katotohanan? They shouldn't know the truth. We should know the truth. And some people are so brave to claim that they have the absolute knowledge of truth. Where in fact, the truth they're holding are actually lies. That is so lamentable. That is so sad. I want to, again, relate this and contextualize this with what's happening right now in this COVID-19 um, situation. So many people were fanatics, gullible, and even proud. And there were messages and preachers or even inside the Christian circles who were saying that as Christians, virus will not come near us or illnesses will not come to us because we are Christians. Is that true? That is a plain lie. It's a lie to say that just because you are a Christian, illnesses, viruses will not come near you. And then we learned later Many of our brothers and sisters, even in our own denomination, got infected. If you believe in that lie that Christians won't get the virus or Christians won't get illnesses or God is always protecting you so that, you know, no harm would come, come to you, that is true. By the way, that is true. But what I'm saying is this, it's applied wrongly. What would be the effect? How about those brothers and sisters of ours, even in our own denomination, who got infected by it? Does it mean that they are not Christians? Does it mean that they are sinful? Does it mean that God is angry at them? What is your answer? The answer is no, no, no. God loves them. God is with them. God will heal them. And God will be with them and will be through them during this time. What God is showing to us right now is that God is sovereign. The problem with us is that we don't want the whole truth. We just want the good aspect of God's sovereignty. But we do not want to accept that everything in this world, no matter how small atom that may be, is God's sovereignty, is part of God's sovereignty. We don't want to accept that. Now, if we believe that Christians are immune from viruses, illnesses, it would create a very absurd conclusion. For some, we will start to be irresponsible. We will not take these precautionary measures anymore because anyway, we're immune naman tayo sa sakit. Tama? That would lead to absurd conclusion. That would receive to irresponsible actions. We owe it to this community, we owe it to this nation to be responsible Christian following what the government and health authorities are ordering us because we wanted to be a testimony to them that we Christians are responsible 
people of God. Pumunta kayo doon ngayon sa ano, tignan ko kung hindi kayo magkaroon ng virus. What I'm trying to say is this, God will protect you. And so, what I'm saying here is this, you should not halt your life just because they're COVID-19. You believe that, Lord, I will go with my regular thing. I will, just, I will still go to office. I will still, still bring my children to school. Lord, protect me. But that does not necessarily mean you will be so absurd not to wash your hands, not to cover your mouth, or you will even go to the church or go to school if you're sick. Is that very Christian? Is that biblical or absurdity? Kaya minsan, hindi ko masisi bakit nila tayo sa mga Christian, mga absurd. Because of these things. It's a lie. I say this, my dear brothers and sisters, because of this. There's a great caution. The caution is this. Our belief and our faith inform our actions. Imagine believing that. It would result to, I said, irresponsible citizenry. We won't do what the community expects of us. We won't take precautions. Now, is that very Christian? And sometimes, and I will be rebuking you on this, whenever we always ask God of our safety. Whenever we are interested of our own safety, because this is what's going on in our mind. The reason why we are always asking for God to save us, for us to be safe, because we want to be, we don't want to be inconvenienced. We're even using biblical metaphors to say that, for instance, you know the book of Goshen where the Israelites were protected during the time that the Israelites were, uh, the, the Egyptians were being smitten during uh, the time that the Pharaoh is, is hardening his heart. And so the people of Israel living in Goshen were protected by God. God. That is true. God will protect you. I will not deny that. That is the truth. That is true. But using that biblical metaphor... And using that for your own self and failing to realize that at the bottom of it all, that the reason why you want to be safe is because you're so selfish. If there is one thing this virus brought to us, it brings us the sovereignty of God and confront us of our humanness. Gusto nyo maging safe kasi ayaw nyo maging inconvenient. Sometimes God is not calling us to safety. God is calling us to be a community. I will challenge you and I will ask you a very difficult question. Why I say that? If ever there will be a time that I will get infected and my wife too, who will be there for my two children while we're in the hospital? Who will feed them? Who will be there every day at night to comfort them. If you get infected, who will be there for you? Is God calling you to safety? Or we are called to be a community. Gusto nyo ng safety kasi ayaw nyo ma-inconvenience. 
Ask that hard question to yourself. If I get infected and my wife get infected and we have to leave our children at home because we are in the hospital, will you be there for me? Will you all be there for me? God is calling us now to be a community. He is rebuking us that in all of this, God is telling us that more than safety, I want you to prove to the world that you are my children. You love one another as much as I have loved you. And this is the quantum of all that. You love one another as much as I have loved you. You're willing to die for one another. Are we willing to die for one another? Sacrificing ourselves, giving our way for those children, giving our way for our brothers and sisters. Are we willing to do that? Yes or no? Because if we cannot do that, these all are hypocrisy to the very core. If we could not love one another during this time, there should be no way we could love one another when trial comes. I love the family of God. This great family of God is all lie. Kasinungalingan. If you can't be with me during that time, there's no way you would be there for me, even in the hardest time. I want to ask that very difficult question. I want to ask that very difficult question to you now. More than your safety, are we prepared to be a community of God? Namasasabi nila, I want to be with those people. They're willing to die for one another. They're willing to sacrifice their very lives for themselves and for their people. Why? There's something in them. They're holding the truth. They're holding the truth that this world is not of us. We can see a better world after life. Madaling magsabi, mahal kita kapatid. Beso-beso, chika-chika. This is the time for us to show to the world we are community. More than safety, God is calling us to be a community. Spare us, O Lord. I was praying, spare us, O Lord. Spare us. Sana wag naman tayong ma-expose sa ganong klaseng kaipokretuhan. I'm rebuking you, my dear brothers and sisters, because these are just start of birth pangs. How are we to love the people of God? If we pass this crucible test, we are indeed His disciples. We need not tell them about Jesus. They will come to us and say, what's in you that you are willing to die for one another? Because someone died for us and that's why we're willing to give it to others. Sana ganun. Sana ganun. Lord, spare us. That there will come a time we will all be exposed of our hypocrisy. Because the fact is, my dear brothers and sisters, different from truth. The fact is this. The fact is, this is among our midst. And we need to take care of it. We need to do precautionary measures. But what is the truth that God is telling you today? I think the truth is that God is sovereign and He wants you for us to love one another. Be with our brothers and sisters 
who are there. So what does God's truth say about the factual things that are happening in our life? I will end with this story. Sinabi ko one time, sabi ko, Lord, where are you in the midst of all this? Where are you? Alam nyo, I have to admit, I'm afraid as well. Walang kaipokrotohan. I'm afraid. Natatakot din ako. Anxious din ako. So one day, after visiting a sister in the hospital, Rubel and I, as you know, I'm already uh, full-time here. Um, we were passing from TTHS. Um, we were passing through the Novena overpass. And uh, of course, I'm an anxious person, you know. And so I was telling my brother, Ruel, after visiting, I said, Ruel, how do we pastor people in the midst of a looming pandemic? And I'm saying that because I'm afraid. I said, how do we pastor them? Ruel told me, and he pastored me that day. He said, bro, hindi ko rin alam. And he just told me this. We'll just accompany each other. And let's cross together. That's what is God calling us to do. Hold each other's hand and pass together. So where is God? He will be in the midst of us. He will be with you and with me. If we will hold one another, if we could accompany each other, then I will no longer be afraid. Because I could count on you and you could count on me. I hope that's what God is telling us to do. If we will accompany each other, I will no longer be afraid. If something happens to your children, you can be rest assured we will be there for you. And if something happens to me, I know you will be there for me. And that we will all prove that we are Jesus' disciples. More than safety, and we should take precautionary measures, I'm telling you, I hope we will all be called to community. My son in a prayer said this. I don't know where he got this. But while we're praying for the people who got infected, he say, Lord, we don't know a lot of things, but we know you will hold our hands and lead us to safety. Sinasabi niya, nandun pa rin naman yung trouble, pero hahawakan tayo ng Panginoon. And I hope this verse in Jeremiah 29.13 would have a different meaning to you now. And you shall seek me and find me if you search me with all your heart. I need not search so far if I can find God and if I can find friendship of God and the accompaniment of God with you. Mahanap kaya natin sa bawat isa yon during this time? That when we seek God, I can find it in your faces. I can find here in the brotherhood and sisterhood of the living word fellowship. I hope and pray that. And let me leave you with this wonderful hymn. How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? Fear not. I am with you. We are with each other. 
Oh, be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I will still give you aid. I'll strengthen you, help you, and cause you to stand, upheld you by my righteous, omnipotent, all-powerful hand. When through deep waters, God will still send us to deep waters, I call you to go. The rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with you, your trouble to bless and sanctify you, your deepest distress. When through fiery trials your pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be your supply. The flame shall not hurt you, I only design your dross to consume and your gold to refine. That's the purpose of that fire. The soul that on Jesus has leaned, let's lean on to Jesus. I will not, I will not desert to his foe. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake. And this is the promise. It's so beautiful. I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Beautiful. May we be encouraged by those words. And may we encourage one another, my dear brothers and sisters, that we will all be together in this accompanying each other as we pass through all of this. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for these wonderful words of life, this truth that you have called us more than safety to be a community of believers, that we could show to the world that we are here to bless one another, to bless this country, to bless our community. We owe it to them, to bless our employers, to bless our friends, to bless our neighbors. And so, Lord God, in the midst of this, I pray this will be a time where the transformative gospel of Jesus Christ will be so true to every each Christian in this nation, in all of the world, that they could come to our aid because we know, Father, that we could run to you and then we could give this love to others as well. May we be people, Lord God, who would come to the aid of our neighbors when they needed us. May we come to the aid of people who probably we don't even know because we are here to show them what Christian and Christianity is all about. Father, may we be for each other during this time. And may we prove to the world as a testimony of your transformative gospel that we are your children. We love one another and that we are willing to be inconvenienced, to be troubled, to even put our very lives for each other. Rebuke us, O Lord, if we are so selfish, asking for our safety without even thinking what we needed is to be together as a community. Lord, forgive us. Strengthen your people today, I pray. I know they're also anxious like me. We don't know the answers. But together, Lord, with your mercy, power, and might, we will come together hand in hand and we will pass through these fiery trials together. The fire will not consume us. It will just draw us to refine us. Thank you, Father, for this time of being together. We thank you. And for all those people who joined us today, wherever they are, for circumstances that they did not choose, they are at home. Father, bless them, protect them, and be with them. Father, be with us today. In Jesus' name.
Amen and Amen. Let us all stand to receive the benediction. May the love of God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, the Sovereign Lord, may the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.